Good evening from England. This is Eric Miskell with EMS Now. I'm sitting here with Dita Weiss. We just completed our second full day uh, in the UK, visiting with EMS companies here. Um, visited with two today we'd like to tell you a little bit about. But before we do that, Dita, why don't you kind of give us some general sizing about the overall EMS industry here in the UK? Yes, thank you, Eric. There is, uh, to uh, the knowledge of Informa, a total of 193 uh, CEM companies. They call, prefer to call it over here contractor electronics manufacturers rather than electronic manufacturing service companies. And uh, you have to be very clear on the definition, what that means. Uh, we at Informa clearly uh, differentiate uh, between electronics and electrical uh, systems and uh, a company just doing uh, cable harnesses uh, or electrical switching cabinets is to us not an EMS. Only if on site they do printed circuit board assemblies, in the majority nowadays SMT, uh, they are considered an EMS company and uh, therefore we know that there might be more than 193 uh, companies out there doing contract manufacturing in general, but it's not contract electronics manufacturing. And these 193 uh, uh, companies do roughly 2 billion uh, British pounds in revenues uh, 2022, and uh, uh, that equals uh, about 4.6% uh, of all European revenues. If we take the European revenues for 2022 with uh, about 51.5 billion. Uh, on the contrary, uh, those 193 companies, they have a share of 8.8% of the 2,200 uh, EMS companies in Europe, which means uh, with this indicator which we developed over here, um, this indicator is about uh, 0.6 for the UK. If you compare those two previous numbers, uh, you can say there is a lot of smaller companies in the UK. Mm -hmm. <coughs> good. That's actually that's good. Good insight and a nice overview. Let me begin. Let's talk about the two particular companies we visited today. Two, I would, generally speaking, two impressive companies, very distinct from each other uh, in uh, the types of companies they are. Um, let's begin with uh, Tioga Limited. We visited with them this morning in Derby. Um, we spent the morning meeting with their managing director and founder and owner, uh, Warwick Adams, and also with uh, the new COO who was brought in at the beginning of this year, uh, Mr. Andy Grimmett. Um, detail, what was, kind of size up the company, give us kind of a quick overview of who they are in terms of size and scope. And Yeah, well, first of all, they have uh, four SMT lines um, uh, on uh, a facility site of 48,000 square feet. Mm -hmm. uh, they have a second facility because uh, they are now running out of space and they have a second facility uh, about half a mile down the road uh, where they have put up uh, not only stores but as well uh, their box building uh, to finalize products over there. 
Um, the company itself is in a in an old uh, rail uh, ray uh, building which they refurbished very interesting nice looking from the outside uh, they uh, did a lot of very good uh, space utilization and i mentioned it when they asked me as well what our first impression were uh, after we visited the shop floor i said it's very clean mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, I like cleanliness and I like uh, if everything is in order, you can walk and uh, especially in, in such an old building, it is very important to, to make sure that uh, you organize that properly and that was the case. Yeah, yeah and that's a good point. I think it's the oldest uh, manufacturing facility by building that I've ever been in. I think you said it dates back to the early 1800s. So, uh, like you said, it's a very cool building from the outside but once you get inside it certainly is very well organized and uh, certainly more modern on the inside uh, and as far as the sizing so they have the two facilities they're both here in Derby um, they had about 140 people as I recall and um, they did uh, revenue around 20 million euros last year uh, yes, well, they have a fiscal year which deviates from the calendar year, so when we talk about the 20 million uh, euros, mm -hmm. we are talking about the fiscal <coughs> year that ended uh, on the 31st of March uh, 2022, right. yeah? and in actual fact, they already have the next year's results uh, open, which is uh, uh, quite a nice uh, growth for them, and uh, uh, in general, we talked about their uh, customer mix as well and that was impressive as well mm -hmm. you see a lot of companies where the number one customer has uh, let's say 40 45 uh, percent of the business which in my uh, opinion is uh, not very healthy because it makes you dependent but they have a, a very solid and healthy mix their top 10 uh, customers make 60% of their revenues mm -hmm. and their top 30 uh, <coughs> companies make 97% of their mm -hmm. revenues and they have a total of uh, I think around 75 customers mm -hmm. um, so uh, it's 45 customers who only make um, three percent of the revenues uh, and just imagine what is behind every customer is the amount of components uh, so um, it should be the goal of every EMS company either to grow a company to a reasonable size uh, or to kick it out yeah. so but it's also a reflection of the type of manufacturing they do. It's very kind of high, uh, low volume, high medium mix, very, you know, it tends to be complex. We looked at those industry sectors, you know, we, we won't mention the customers that they shared with us, but, you know, so some impressive uh, OEM names within that list <coughs> in the medical and the industrial yeah. sectors specifically. But also what struck me was that uh, uh, those customers, even though some would be international I mean we'd we wouldn't think of them as a UK based OEM all of the business is done through the subsidiaries of these uh, uh, large OEMs in the UK uh, yes exactly and uh, we saw some very nice product specifically in the uh, medical uh, uh, area but as well in on the industrial which is their biggest uh, uh, market segment uh, 
uh, and uh, they have some uh, good solid business uh, on the uh, energy sector as well mm -hmm. uh, and they do railway right and I think what's again impressed me and, and what stood out was the stickiness of these relationships they tend to have uh, longer term being longer term partners with with their OEM customers uh, and their their goal really is to grow those relationships rather than go out hunting for the next best thing and chasing down you know various other you know potential customers they're very focused on serving their customer base well and really growing that and it looks like they're well positioned to do that if I looked at their even their equipment set uh, uh, you know, very, you know, appropriate uh, uh, SMT equipment across the board with the type of uh, skills that they had there. Uh, I won't go over all the names of those, but it is, it's the standard names you'd expect to hear in the industry. And uh, it's, you know, I think they have what they need to, to succeed. Uh, yes, what is new to me on uh, those visits uh, we are doing now, uh, today we only, uh, on the SMT assembly equipment, we saw Micronic uh, equipment. Uh, by the way, that is one of your, your sponsors over here. Uh, so it's nice we finally see that uh, equipment. Remembering last year uh, uh, the companies we saw were more dominated with other uh, uh, manufacturers. Uh, but over here, uh, and maybe that is due to the fact that we are talking about average lot sizes from 50 to 500 or 100 to 1,000. Mm -hmm. So we are talking about uh, small manufacturing lots, high mix. <laughs> and uh, probably, and yes, we know that there is a difference in the assembly lines, uh, uh, some focus on... Uh, uh, such uh, smaller volumes and others are uh, preferential for, for high volumes. Yeah, no, absolutely it is. So uh, we will be uh, producing a profile on them that we'll be posting to EMS now in July sometime after I get back and uh, get all of my chores handled. Uh, that'll certainly be one of them. But uh, um, oh, last thing I did want to say about them, very interesting history too from a corporate structure they are part of a uh, of a group. Did you want to comment on that? Um, yeah, the group is called Sympatica, and it consists of uh, five sister companies of Tioga, um, and uh, those five uh, sister companies. One is a design uh, mm -hmm. uh, company which does a lot of design work for Tioga, and therefore I think it's called. Uh, 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 Sympatica uh, uh, en engineering design um, and the other four uh, are actually small companies who have own products mm -hmm. and as they are all in the Sympatica group uh, all these products are manufactured um, at uh, Tioga mm -hmm. and I mentioned it that uh, I always look at the profitability of uh, mm -hmm. companies and uh, it stuck out to me in the preparation for th this visit that Tayoga was doing uh, really outstanding uh, profit before tax. Yeah. And uh, uh, I have numbers for the average in the UK, which is for example higher than in, in Germany due to the fact that in the UK they do much less automotive work. Uh, but 
companies who have a certain, even if it's minor, but who have a certain part of their business as with own products, they have on average 2% more profits than pure EMS companies. Okay, we should move on to the in interest of time here and speak about the second EMS visit we did today. <coughs> we visited with Escatech Mechatronic. Uh, there we were able to meet with uh, Stephen Greaves, who's the managing director for the UK and Czechoslovakia, or the Czech Republic, excuse me, and then also with Neil Sharp, who's the director of corporate marketing. Uh, we met with them at their Letterworth uh, facility here, and um, where they the, the history of that was really kind of the mechatronics. It used to be uh, JJS uh, manufacturing, um, and uh, so they spent some time really kind of introducing the history, who they are, uh, and how that has changed, because they themselves, the Escatech, uh, this facility was acquired by Escatech in 2021. But why don't you begin by kind of characterizing the company and kind of giving us a, an overview of them? Uh, yes, well, first of all, uh, Escatech as a group, they have uh, uh, five factories in the Far East, I think in Malaysia and uh, in a uh, location close to Singapore, um, where they do the majority of their revenues. Uh, but they, uh, and in total, their revenues are roughly about 420 uh, million. Uh, and out of this, uh, I, when we came here, was under the impression that they only had three facilities uh, one in Switzerland, uh, and the two JJS uh, facilities, one in over here in the UK and one in the Czech Republic. And uh, see, this uh, is another uh, uh, reason uh, why such visits we do are so important. Because this year they have opened up um, Escatec Bulgaria EOOD. Uh, which is a new subsidiary for them. It's a factory and they uh, have taken over some substantial business from uh, an OEM uh, who used to do that himself. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is news which uh, for Informa is always uh, uh, very important in order to, to maintain and upgrade our database. Otherwise, uh, if we don't do that, um, uh, in three years, our data will be useless. Yeah. Right. I mean, it is. It, there's a shelf life to this data, as they say, right? They, uh, but it was interesting, and it was good to get together. I think they... Uh, let, let's talk more, more about the facility we saw and what they do, because the history there was more the, the, uh, the mechanical side of it, where the, uh, for a lot of their customers, they do mainly the me mechanical assembly, of which, though, electronics is certainly a critical component. Um, yes, definitely. They uh, do about 30% uh, of their business in PCBAs mm -hmm. uh, and 70% uh, they do in finished uh, products, whereas they, this is uh, strongly, and that is what the name Escatec Meshatronics already uh, indicates, which is strongly uh, focused on uh, Meshatronics uh, work, which includes uh, electrical cabinet uh, uh, assembly, but uh, as well ordinary uh, mechanical mm -hmm. uh, assembly, plastic assembly, and uh, you name it. So um, 
they had a nice passport which uh, for their wifey uh, which indicated as well that they are a different EMS company mm -hmm. and yes you you could see that uh, um, interesting they have uh, again uh, micronic uh, assembly lines uh, standing there two of them in uh, uh, in the UK, I think they have uh, two more in um, the Czech Republic, um, and uh, um, the Czech Republic, uh, to a certain degree, is an extended workbench for uh, the UK uh, facility, uh, and that is uh, when I looked up their revenue numbers on the country company registers, I was astonished to see a high uh, revenue uh, compared to. Um, the total number of employees uh, over here in the UK was 160 and I had this big question in the beginning when we entered the meeting room I said immediately hey explain me how you do it yeah, yeah. and the outcome was very uh, easy uh, most of the products manufactured in the Czech Republic are actually mm -hmm. uh, invoiced uh, from over here <laughs> from the UK yeah and then the other thing that struck me was, uh, I'm breaking my own rule here, let's talk about the organization as a whole, that within the Esketech there seems to be some really kind of working out how this whole new conglomeration of the various entities in, uh, in Switzerland, in, uh, uh, in Malaysia, and here in, uh, here in the UK, and, and what they owned in, uh, in, in Czech Republic, are all going to play, play nicely together. There's some, some changing of some internal systems to consolidate that. I think they said they were rolling out a kind of a, a cross-the-enterprise ERP, so they, uh, whereas they've had different ones uh, to date, um, but also trying to figure out how to tell that story and how to leverage the different entities for the benefit of the whole. Yes, well, um, uh, with the facility in Switzerland, we definitely have a facility uh, with... Uh, uh, labor, which is very expensive, mm -hmm. Switzerland has very high labor cost, uh, but uh, uh, they do different pro products over there. They're uh, very strong in Switzerland on the uh, medical industry, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, they have clean room facilities mm -hmm. over there. They even do chip on board technology, so uh, it's a totally different uh, uh, manufacturing uh, uh, than what we saw today over here in the Okay. Yeah, and they did stress that, the high-end design that's done there and a lot of the development work. I think they said that they had 40 design engineers there yes. in Switzerland. Oh, yes, uh, and that is, is tremendously, that is more than 25% of the total workforce in, in engineering, which... Um, to me, is always as well an indicator that the revenues per head are substantially higher than uh, in probably over here in the UK. Yeah, that makes sense, doesn't it? Um, what else kind of stood out here? Um, you know, we talked about, we should talk about... Um, one of the issues that seems to be coming up as we're visiting here, this has now been the third EMS we visited with, <coughs> is kind of the uniqueness of the UK post-Brexit, right? There are some, uh, there's, there's some pros and cons, I guess, to, 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 to that. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, uh, see, the United Kingdom has always been complaining uh, about being treated unfair in uh, uh, Brussels, in the European Union. Uh, they have been complaining uh, about the amount of immigrants they got over here in the UK. And uh, 
in actual fact, we do have this discussion at the moment uh, in the European Union again, because we get so many refugees uh, uh, in uh, the European Union uh, that uh, we see a clear split within uh, the population uh, of pro and contra. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and people just uh, get to the opinions the boat is full mm -hmm. yeah and uh, uh, if you take on more yeah you cannot endlessly take on more there's only a limited capacity yeah mm -hmm. and you just need to to look at the population of N Nigeria in Africa yeah, yeah? Uh, if just 10 percent of uh, the population of Nigeria gets over uh, to Germany uh, uh, we can shut it down yeah so I understand uh, uh, the uh, British people in that respect yeah. that they said we, we need change and if the uh, European Union doesn't change, we change. Yeah. And, and part of this was also is how they interact with the different components. I think the story that we were talking about was uh, here's a UK-based company with a facility in the Czech Republic, and that worked very cleanly before, but then once Brexit happened, it, it added some challenges that they've had to work through and probably still are working through to some degree on how those systems are going to work now because it just wasn't the system of old. So there was certainly change uh, within that. The other piece that struck me, too, was the, uh, you know, um, we talked about the uh, material uh, supply chain challenges of the last few years. The general trend we're hearing is that, yeah, it's improving, but it isn't there yet, right? Their challenges still persist. And then from a labor perspective, that th those challenges still persist too, that they're, you know, find, finding people. And then once you've, and the, I think one of the companies said uh, that, you know, they're finding them is the challenge. Once they get them, they're pretty good at retaining them. And uh, actually, that was interesting at Tioga, all of the facilities and what they had online, kind of the, the perks for the employees was, was uh, and the facilities that they had there for the employees was also, you know, quite impressive. Uh, see, it always depends uh, on the area where you have your company. Uh, for example, uh, if you uh, take the area of uh, uh, Escatec, they are uh, in the area where they have a very big uh, uh, manufacturer over there, Rolls-Royce. Yeah? Yeah. And uh, I can bet that Rolls-Royce is paying very, very good salaries. So. Uh, uh, if a person has to make a decision whether he goes to Rolls-Royce or whether he goes to uh, a smaller EMS, uh, uh, it's obvious where he goes. And we have seen the same in the <coughs> Czech Republic in the past. Uh, everybody who was very close to Skoda uh, had problems because uh, about three years ago uh, there was a strike at Skoda and uh, people... Uh, finally agreed on getting 18% more and uh, EMS companies close by were uh, uh, faced with the problems that their employees came up to them and said well you either pay us 18% more or we leave mm -hmm. and I know one German uh, EMS company who was close to Skoda and he agreed on the 18% plus in the first year but in the second year when there was another 18% uh, uh, in discussion he said said, well, I have it, I cannot pay this, and he closed the factory and took the equipment, and he's now manufacturing yeah. in Serbia. Yeah. 
And that is a challenge. You know, you say, you know, it's it's not unique to the UK, and you're right. I mean, it's not unique to, to Europe either. You know, even in Mexico, you know, you go to a city like Guadalajara, where you have a lot of tier ones, but also some smaller tier companies. Of course, the tier ones are paying a lot better. It's a different work conditions and, and work life. Uh, so the smaller ones have to do a better job on the retention and, uh, and uh, showing the value, to, uh, greater value to their employees. Yes, and we saw a very nice example at Tayoga where they have their own fitness studio inside the company and they even have a nice recreation room with a bar mm -hmm. yeah and uh, people can stay there after uh, work or they can uh, uh, organize a party over there uh, over the weekend so uh, and they have a nice canteen we saw that as well they had a hairdresser by appointment on site too yeah and and massage actually yeah and all of that is additional yeah. benefits uh, which uh, uh, smaller companies need to do to yeah. keep their people yeah exactly right um, I'm aware that this went a little longer than it intended, so we're going to wrap it for today. But uh, uh, let me just say that uh, you know we, we hit our third day tomorrow. We'll be visiting two more EMS companies on Wednesday, uh, and then on Thursday we'll be going into London for the day to attend the IPC EMS event there. Then on the road again this Friday to see two more EMS in the UK before we catch a plane back to Germany. So, uh, Dita, thank you. By the way, and also thank you for sharing your, your, the, some of your data, your numbers with us. Uh, as always, I think your numbers are, are, are tops uh, from market research-wise for EMS industry here in Europe, which is, I think, why you know for the second year running, you again were voted the the, the best market research uh, industry for uh, company for for Europe. Uh, also, before I go, I do want to once again thank uh, EMS Now's uh, sponsors for this tour, being CalQuote, my chronic and trusted parts. Uh, their uh, support certainly uh, allows us to do these tours and to report to them. So please uh, give them a look and uh, some consideration. So that's it for now. Uh, we will talk to you tomorrow.